Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? It's going good, Amy. A lot of discussion this week around Lifeway and LifewayWorship.com, and we figured who better to come on the show and talk about all the developments this week than Ben Mandrell, the president of Lifeway himself. So, Ben, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's been a tough week here. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I understand. We understand. And we're really thankful that you took the time to come on the show. So just want to kind of turn it over to you and let you share your heart. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, our job at Lifeway is to be coupled to the church and to be in tune with the church. And we clearly missed it on this one. Uh, when we announced the discontinuation of Lifeway.com or Lifeway Worship, we were not, I think, totally prepared for the response of church leaders. I, I think we didn't do enough listening uh, with worship leaders who are in the trenches relying on this tool. We certainly didn't put the turn signal on soon enough for people to be prepared for the changes that were coming. Now, from a business standpoint, I think people understand this. We don't take CP dollars. So everything we do has to pay for itself. And for years, we've been trying to figure out how much longer we can continue to stay in uh, this, this type of business. But uh, that's beside the fact. I'm really not proud of the way we communicated here. I don't think we let worship leaders speak in. Uh, we're going to pause this decision for right now. And we're going to leave all those materials up where they've been getting them so that there's no fear of them suddenly being taken away. And we're just going to slow down, have some listening sessions, and make sure we totally understand the value and the pain of the transition uh, if we choose down this road. So uh, I'm really sorry to all those in the trenches who are trying to pull Sunday off and now are kind of freaking out because they don't know how they're going to have their, their music yeah. ready. And um, we just had a, a meeting as a team and said, we've got to send a loud message to the churches that we care, we can listen and slow down and do this together. Man, I, I appreciate hearing that so much. There's such uh, humility in what you just shared. And um, honestly, this this means a lot to me. Um, I had told Jonathan, so where I am now, you know, do it's a kind of a, a totally different space and my role is different. But in 2008, when LifeWayWorship.com started, Keith was pastoring. We were in a small church in Virginia. Our worship pastor had just left and taken a pastor somewhere else the year before. And I, we had a, a lay leader who was who had taken over worship and I was helping because I played the piano and did vocals and we were the most threadbare team. And um, lifewayworship.com was a game changer for us. Like it was because of the, the, because of the exact way the tool was working, how we have, were limited. We had a small team, the way the arrangements could be done. And, um, and I know when I saw, you know, the reaction that was coming and I, I knew I, I could remember, I mean, it's been 15 years, but I could remember. And um, it's a, just to hear your heart and to hear that that response, yeah. I know that's going to be a relief to a lot of people. Yeah, well, I thank think you. that's great. I mean, I'm four years in and I still feel like I'm a freshman in some ways, like learning how to lead change. Uh, this is not the first time we've messed this up. Uh, and I, this is why it's embarrassing to me. Uh, when we decided to make a transition with college ministry, you know, we could not fund college ministry anymore. And it, we, we were in agreement that it should belong to NAM. I really wish we could rewind the clock, get the BSU directors in a room and just say, hey, let's talk. 
you know, we, we don't have a long-term play here. How could we do this together? Uh, so I hope this is the last time I'm on your show apologizing for this, but <laughs> what's well, um, the first time. We, <laughs> so yeah, I hope it's the here. first and the last, Yeah, there we go. but you know, it's really hard when you lead a big organization and you really don't know the value that cer- certain tools bring to the church leaders. And so I, I told somebody this morning, I thought Ridgecrest was a tough moment. I've gotten five times more emails wow. about this than I did Ridgecrest. Clearly, we need to stop and measure the value of this tool and then consider what can we do to help churches transition if we can't use it anymore? Like, what what's the answer? Can yeah. we get a right, win-win? Right, right, right. Because I think one of the challenges is that that, as you said, I mean, you've got to deal with the business model. You've got the, you've got to look at the market. I mean, you you got a couple of audiences here, constituencies, right? That this is you you have the market that you are providing for, but then you also have have churches out here that depend on certain things. And LifewayWorship.com was kind of one of those. It was a very specific tailored tool that was it, that the transition was not as easy to other tools. Um, so I I. I didn't know what the quantitative response was. Yeah. I just remember when I when I saw it come through, I thought, "Oh man, that's going to hurt because of it being such a, a a specific hitting such a specific niche." Um but what I think is great is to see how you've responded this week to say, "We don't want to leave we don't want to leave churches in the lurch and we especially don't want to leave small churches who have limited resources and limited options to leave them in, in the lurch. And I know that's going to be a huge relief to so many it's, of them. It's so complex, the messaging around it, because I, I say it this way, athletes used to p- be able to play three sports, mm-hmm. but now they have to choose in the third grade if they're going to play football or baseball, if they want to be competitive. Lifeway has historically offered so many products and we love doing it, but it's getting harder and harder to not specialize in some key areas. So we literally have spent three years building a brand new line of curriculum because curriculum really is what we are absolutely the best at. Um, But all the attention on this new curriculum called Hi-Fi has also forced us to make a lot of other hard decisions about, okay, this is a good thing, but if we have to choose between a, a media person to build hi-fi or a person to continue to keep this website going, which one are we going to do? Right. So I don't want you to think the conversation is between, you know, what's good or bad. It's not. It's about what is most effective for helping us serve churches in their deepest needs. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And kind of unpack that a little bit. Amy and I are both Lifeway alum. We both spent yeah. some time there and we know the, the difficult decisions that have to be made and and how you know, you're having to balance those kind of things. But a lot of folks out there, maybe listen to the show, they don't understand, you know, all the pieces that, that the little parts that go into making decisions at Lifeway on the business side of things. So talk yeah. a little bit about that and maybe, you know, what you've, what you've seen over the last four years, because you've been there a little over four years now. Like, what have you seen on that? And just some of the, the tension that, that lives in that ministry funded by a business model. Yeah. So we're having a great year financially. The last couple of years have been, the Lord has blessed us. But I would say in all honesty, we can't continue to sustain the tension of doing so many things. Um, It's hard on our IT people. It's hard on our media people. It's hard on our HR people. Like the more things you offer, the more stressed out all the support people are. 
And so we're, we're still going to have to look into the future and ask the question, what are the things that we uniquely offer the church that nobody else can offer like we can? What's our sweet spot? And to be honest, I, while I'm really thankful that this tool has been helpful for worship leaders, I don't think there's a lot of people out there saying Lifeway leads the world in worship. Like it's just not, hasn't been a category that we've been known to excel at. So at the same time, when you have the stewardship conversation, it, it really quickly turns cold. Like we don't care about eternal value or investing in the church. It's all about the bottom line. And so how we talk right. about it matters to me big time because yeah. I don't want people to feel like, you yeah. know what, we can't make money on you. So we're cutting that. Yeah. And that's not, that's not the heart no, behind no. any of what Lifeway does. Right. And, and here's a challenge too. I mean, I mean, you, you talked about curriculum is what you're very good at. And in one sense, that's, I mean, this started as the Baptist Sunday yeah. school board providing right. material for Sunday schools. So, so that's what you've always been, um, is to provide that. And in, in some sense, you know, we're looking at a much larger, uh, issue of movements, institutions, corporations getting really big. And then, like you just said, having to, to hone in and specialize, over the decades of kind of this boom of the SBC growing yeah. and expanding the Sunday school board and then becoming Lifeway added this and this and yeah. this and this. And now you got to look at a very different reality in 2023. Well, yeah. and the internet changed everything. How do we do it? Did. It I did. Mean, Lifeway worship without the internet. I mean, it would have owned the Southern Baptist world and beyond, but because right. of the internet, now you have competitors that would never have existed before. Uh, right. Not just in worship. I mean, we're talking. Yep. I mean, there right. are, you and Ben, you know this. There are competitors in the curriculum game, in the camps game, worship, anything Lifeway right. does. You've got a dozen or more uh, competitors that you would not have had maybe without the internet. Well, and not only that, these competitors—that's all they do. That's all they do. Yes, right. they focus right. on that one, one thing. thing. And yeah. so the day when Lifeway can pretend that we have enough money to hire the best in all these categories. It's just, there's not enough money. So here's what my job feels like sometimes. It's like, we have seven dogs, but we only have enough food for six. Yeah. And how are you going to get rid of a dog and not like totally destroy your children? <laughs> right. Like we just don't have the resources to keep all those great things alive. We have to pick which ones we think will make the biggest difference in the life of the overall church. Right. So, it's a very painful thing. I mean, I walked the grounds of Ridgecrest by myself and shed tears asking the Lord, please show me a way that Lifeway could continue to steward this resource where so many people met their spouses, felt called to ministry, uh, you know, received Christ as Lord and Savior. There just wasn't resources for us to, to give Ridgecrest what it needed to thrive. And so those are hard decisions, but also uh, our friends at Exano say it this way, scarcity provides clarity. Mm. When you start to run out of resources, you have to ask yourself the hard question, what is the most important use of our money? How can we really make the most difference? So those are, I just want to hear you, I want you to hear me. Those are the discussions that drive the painful decisions. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yes. So kind of, kind of back to the, the moment at hand here the, with LifeWayWorship.com, what's, what's next? Any idea? I mean, I know it's, you just made this decision probably today. Yeah. I don't I don't know we, if you have it. We made this yet. decision but, two hours ago. Okay, here, well, there you go. Here's what we here. wrote down. 
first, we want to assure worship leaders that we're actively considering alternatives to ensure minimal disruption and to keep this essential catalog alive. We are optimistic that we will be able to find a long-term solution for these digital musical files. So we want people to know we're looking for answers. We're trying to make this work. Uh, we're extending the availability of LifeWayWorship.com. So this extension will enable worship leaders to continue accessing their files and provide ample time for downloading any essential materials they may require. And mostly, I just want to thank you for your patience. We definitely didn't do this as well as we wanted to. We hope we'll make it up to you. Uh, and we are going to be reaching out to some different worship pastors and asking questions. You know, what could we do to do this together? Yeah. So this is this is great because first of all, you got an opportunity to kind of speak from your heart to share this change, um, but also to help folks, I think, understand the real uh, difficulties of these decisions, that they're not made lightly, um, that it may have felt quick to people on the other side as they received it, but they're not they're not made lightly. And I just appreciate uh, your leadership in listening and than really caring for those churches. Yeah. Thank you. You know, any anytime something negative happens, there's always a positive that comes out of it. Like I want our Lifeway worship team, the people who worked on those materials to know we have had hundreds of emails from people who really value the tool. Like it's been something that's mattered to people. Uh, so even though the math sometimes becomes a problem, the ministry has been special. And so yes. let's try to figure it out. People have asked, could you, you know, raise the price? instead of eliminating it. I, I don't know what the options are, but I know we don't want to do this without the voice of the church involved. Yeah. All right. That's wonderful. Well, cool. to your to your point that you just made, hats off to the team that built that, that maintained it. As a former leader who used it, it is it is an incredible tool. It is invaluable. Uh, particularly to to small churches and everyone, we are grateful to Lifeway for all they've done on it. Thank you. I appreciate you guys letting me be on. And yeah. Jonathan, number one story on the SBC is going to be Lifeway loves worship leaders. There you and go. And their decision. There right? you, there you go. go. Yes. There you go. Yes. Hey, Top story today. Absolutely. Hey, while we got you, you mentioned Hi-Fi. I want to give you a chance to to talk about that. I know that just launched like in the churches, like for good. Tell us a little bit about that real quick while we've got you. I, I don't want to miss the opportunity Absolutely. just to talk hi-fi just a bit. We, we've we stopped calling this our fourth line of curriculum because it's not the fourth. It's the first of its kind. We've never done anything like this. We built a curriculum for all those church plants and churches out there that are reaching people that know nothing about the Bible. So like one of our top selling curriculums is the gospel project, but in certain contexts, uh, people don't have the vocabulary or the language to even be able to wrap their mind around the chronological study of the Bible. So we built a tool for those who are serving in non-religious contexts with people who don't have Christian vocabulary. So it's a next-gen curriculum that's for kids and students that is, it's eight times more media than anything we've ever created before. Uh, it's lots of interactive tools. It's like having VBS on Sunday morning. Uh, it's built on 12 biblical truths of identity of who you are because of who God says you are. Uh, so you can enter monthly. It's not something that you have to wait a long time to enter into. So it's very flexible. It's all digital, which means at any time that we want to update it, throw something in from current events, uh, you know, do something that's relevant in the world. I, I said this way, like for student ministry, for example, 
when Will Smith hits Chris Rock in the face, we can talk about it next month in our student ministry. Like, how do Christians think about this? Mm. So we've never had a product that's this flexible, this fast. And it's not going to be a curriculum for everybody, but I think it'll be a curriculum for a lot of a lot of churches. Cool. That's awesome. So check it out at hi-fi.com, I think. MyHiFi.com. I should know the answer to that. We'll, we'll put the right link in the show notes. Well, yeah, Thank we'll, you. We'll, we'll take care. We'll, that's it. The link will be in the show notes, everybody. Yes. So MyHiFi.com. M-Y-H-Y-F-I.com. Yes. There you go. Carol Pipes in the chat coming through in the clutch there. All right. We really appreciate Ben taking the time to come on the podcast and talk to us about what I'm sure has been you know, kind of a, a different week at Lifeway. A lot going yeah. on over there, and we appreciate that from him. But Amy, we've got some other news. And all right, look. We talk about this every year, these state convention annual meetings. This They seem to start earlier and earlier, and it's time. <laughs> and for real this time. Like, yes. we don't even we, – we just got past the SBC annual meeting, and I hadn't even been on, like, real vacation yet Same. until – Yeah, so – um, Here we are, and we're already in in state annual meetings. No, there there was a special, yeah. but there's a special kind of thing that Texas Baptists yeah. do, I guess. Yeah, they usually have um, it in in October, November, like the rest of them. But every right. four or five years, they have a special meeting in July, right? Big family meeting, yeah. and yep. it was eventful. It was, and I think folks were paying closer attention. To well, whatever you're one of Baptist. one going on during the week versus one of seven, right? You get right. the attention, uh, yeah, get a lot of attention. But they had some. They, I mean, I I listened to thirty minutes of debate from the the floor, so we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But nearly two thousand messengers and visitors they gathered in McAllen, it's Texas. A great, great crowd down there. Yeah, that's a it's a good t- the the Texas Baptists they're a large convention. They're, well, I know, but but really in big. McAllen, it's it's not easy to get to McAllen. Oh, I don't. It's it's I, down I, there. I'm, I'm not up on my Texas they were, geography. They were I'm be 20 honest. minutes from Mexico, Amy. They were way yes. down there. Yeah. So um, their final uh, registrants, because they also had meetings of the Convención Bautista Hispana de Texas, the African-American Fellowship, and then Ethnic and Cultural Partners. They had messengers and guests with uh, business sessions, workshops, all kinds of things. So they 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 had 680 messengers and then 1,220 visitors. So it was almost 2,000. And they had 1,824 last year. So uh, it kind of topped that. Um, but they had, uh, uh, we'll talk regular business and then we'll kind of talk the, about the thing that was really had everyone's attention. Um, so they did elect officers Um they elected Julio Guarneri. He was elect- re-elected to a second one-year term. And then uh, Ronnie Marriott, uh, who is... Oh, and and Julio Guarneri is the senior pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in McAllen. So okay. he was elected for a second second a one-year game. term. Yes. Then Ronnie Marriott uh, from First Baptist Church in Burleson. He was elected first vice president. Debbie Potter, minister of children at Trinity Baptist Church in San Antonio. She was elected second vice president. So um, that was a contested election. Glenn Lackey, a layman from Canyon Creek Baptist Church in Temple, um, opposed in the second vice president. And that was a close election, 173 to 133. So, yep. Um, but the big discussion was a motion about 
women in ministry. Did you listen to this debate? I did not because I was traveling this week and was on the road. Okay, so I was, so to- I was tracking what was happening when the motion was made, and then there was kind of talk. Um, as it, I believe it was referred, it went to a committee. Yeah. There was some wording problems, uh, but they, I guess, had a mechanism in there where they could reoffer um, a, a newly worded version of it, which just depends on on the rules. Um, but the original motion was about uh, w- was to have staff create programs, resources, and initiatives in affirming, appointing, and employing women in ministerial and pastoral roles. That was the original uh-huh. motion. Uh, the part and if that you've been paying been attention, of- you know what part jumped out at the meeting. Right, right. And so the, the thing that they had to quibble over early was that the original wording instructed mm-hmm. the executive board and that, you know, is that that doesn't work. It's out of order if it's that. But they were able to um, to request that the executive board resource uh, the BGC staff to continue developing strategies, resources, and advocacy initiatives to assist churches in affirming, appointing, and employing women in ministerial and, as it said, it's a pastoral roles. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give the spoiler alert. That got amended on the floor. And it actually changed to um, affirming, appointing, and employing women in ministerial and leadership roles. Mm-hmm. Two so very different things. The, right. So the reference to pastoral was taken out. Yeah. So I, it actually, some someone who was there had a, had recorded it and posted that on Twitter. And so uh, you know me, I, I like to know and understand the context of every um, action as much as I can. So I listened to the debate and it was very helpful to understand how they got to where they were. The debate really showed uh, the the vast difference, um, kind of the, the spectrum of diversity among churches on this that are in the BGCT, that there, that there are churches who, who affirm this, but then there are churches who do not. And yes. they spoke very clearly on the yeah. floor. And the BGCT is probably our most diverse state convention. I mean, they'd, yes. they'd be in the top two or three if they're not the most diverse. And I'm talking theologically, uh, and not not in bad ways, but just a lot of difference on the theological spectrum there and a lot of difference demographically as well. Yes. It's it's a the most diverse convention we've got probably. So what, so what was happening in the debate is you really had people coming to the microphone pushing the wording of ministerial and pastoral roles because what they wanted was to actually step out and make a statement about this that the BGCT actually go on record in this direction. And you had a lot of folks in the room at churches who do not um, subscribe to this view that they, they would have a church. I mean, they have, they have churches, a lot of churches that hold to the Baptist faith, the message 2000 that have even adopted that, you know, for their churches, articles of faith. And they said, this does not, uh, th- this does not represent, you know, everyone. And so the, the debate back and forth was about kind of yes or no, do we do this or not? And you had for and against, for and against. And then someone comes to um, Sl- Slayton, I think was his his last name, um, comes to the microphone and brings this amendment that essentially 
at that point, when you say employ uh, that developing strategies, resources, and advocacy initiatives to help churches in affirming, appointing, and employing women in ministerial and leadership roles, at that stage, that really describes things that the that the Texas Baptist staff is already yeah. doing. Yeah. And what this really did was allow the messengers to kind of step behind it and to undergird that, support it, but to say, we will not go in the direction of saying it has to be this. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where one of the the differences, we are having lots of conversations about this. Obviously, at the SBC level, it has been about um, churches being declared in friendly cooperation. What's happening here is Texas Baptists have uh, to this point not taken that step. They do not seem interested in taking that step. However, a motion like the original one would have basically had them say, we want our convention to take that step in how it does its work. And the messenger said, no, we're not going to push in that direction and say that, that the staff should be. Yeah resourcing for that. We're going to stay right um, here where we are. We're going to stay we're we're going to stay a space where where the staff does their work, they resource churches, they help churches and we do have a a diverse a diverse family of churches cooperating together for mission. Yeah. So they really held the center is what happened. Yeah, they did. So. Yeah. All right. Um I think but one thing I think I'd say as we move into state convention season, we are likely going to see this discussion oh, happen at state conventions and so we're going to have to keep track of this is where where do these state conventions land um and how do they choose to deal with this mm-hmm. issue and this is the first one. Yeah. And we only have 40 more to go. Right. <laughs> Actually probably 39. I think the uh the Puerto Ricans they have theirs like in the spring. So there's really only okay. like 40 in the fall. So I'm counting Puerto Rico again now that, you know, right. Well, that uh, that's, that's next week's podcast. Sorry, folks. You'll, right, you'll, you'll get right. that joke next we, week. Yeah. So that this just, this will make sense next week. We have a, we have a great, so you'll have to coming. come back. You'll yeah, have gotta to come, come back, back for the to interview with Josh he's referring to next week. Yes, that we, that recorded we already recorded. We yes. yes. All so, right. Yeah. All right. Uh, that brings us to some news at the EC, Amy. So the yeah. EC search team, announced on Monday that they are resuming candidacy talks with Willie McLaurin, who is the interim president and CEO. Remember, the new search team was elected after the um, recommendation to hire Jared Wellman as the president failed in May. So a new search team was elected, being led by Neil Hughes, an associational missionary down in the Alabama uh, area, down in Montgomery. They released a statement saying, quote, Considering the many endorsements from pastors, state convention leaders, and national entity heads, and considering an overwhelming sense in our hearts that we were being obedient to the Holy Spirit, your present search team decided that we should continue where the former search team left off by doing our own due diligence and interviews with Dr. Willie McLaurin, interim president and CEO of the SBC Executive Committee. So they announced that this week. Those are ongoing, and they said that they expect to give another update within the next six weeks. So... There's the news from the search committee for the EC presidents. All right. Some other news, Amy, some folks on the move. Friend of the pod, Brandon Smith, headed to Oklahoma Baptist University as the chair of the Herschel H. Hobbs School of Theology and Ministry and an associate professor of theology. 
Yeah, yeah. Brandon Smith, like you said, very good friend of the pod. He's currently at Cedarville University, Assistant Professor of Theology and New Testament. He's been there since 2019. So making a move to Shawnee, Oklahoma, headed over there to work with uh, Heath Thomas, Matt Emerson, um, and others. So that's exciting. Great yeah. news for OBU. Yeah, and he starts that in January. So that, that doesn't start until January, uh, but he'll be in that uh, role. So congratulations to Brandon. All right, Amy, uh, that's it this week. Uh, big news from Lifeway. We talked about that. Big news from Texas Baptist. Thanks again to Ben Mandrell for coming on the podcast, talking to us about that. But this is going to bring us to my favorite part of the week. This week in SBC history, Amy, blow our minds. All right, I'm going to just lighten things up a little bit with a little story that I thought was cute. Nice little anecdote okay. about, um, it's about one of the more famous Southern Baptists historically. Um, if you were to name some of the most famous Southern Baptists. Jerry Clower. I knew you were going to say Jerry Clower first, but not him. Oh. We're uh, going to 1951. Oh. I'll give you that uh, clue. Uh, Truman? No. Okay. I don't know. Roy Rogers. Oh, 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 oh. Is this the one about the horse? He was supposed to speak at the thing. We didn't know if Trigger was coming or not. Well, here's a great, this is a great little, because it is about the the horse. Great, great move in there that you mentioned Trigger. So Jim Kincannon, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Edinburgh, Texas, was making his. What's like South Texas week here on the pod? Yeah, yeah. He was making his Sunday morning report on the Southern Baptist Convention that had just happened yeah. in San Francisco. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so at the end... I wonder where he slept. <laughs> right, right. Never know. know. You never know. Um, so at the end of his report to the church, he said um, he, he wanted to... I guess there were kids in, the, in, in there and he wanted them to hear... He said, I've never given much thought to Roy Rogers and his wife, Dale Evans, until I heard that they were Baptist people. Because remember, they spoke at that. Yeah. Um, Billy Graham. Yeah, at that and them, did Billy Graham speak of that? Said, he's, uh, maybe. I think Something so. else. He, okay. said, he said, and do you know that both of them are workers in the church there in California? Uh, he said, I understand that Roy teaches a class of boys about your age to the kids. And Dale is superintendent of a Sunday school department, which great little note there. I didn't know that. So Roy Rogers taught, uh, taught boys Sunday school. Sunday school. Yeah. And Dale Evans. Can you imagine living in the fifties and Roy Rogers is your Sunday school teacher? I know. Right. Holy cow. So I, we got to think, I got to think about the equivalent of that today. Go ahead. So he's, he, so he tells him that he says, Oh, Roy Rogers teaches a class of boys, your age. Dale is superintendent of the Sunday school department. Says he had said no more than the last word when a little girl sitting with her mother four rows from the front spoke out. <laughs> what does Trigger do? Yes. There we go. So see, she's thinking just like you. Um, and That's then it, and then and then Baptist Press said, for the information of the less erudite, Trigger is Roy's cow pony. So I wanted to make sure readers knew. Cow um, but pony? her that's what they said. They called it a cow pony. I've never heard that phrase before, but that's, hey, Baptist Press, that's your. Hey, hey, you know. hey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, her immediate thought was, what does Trigger do? So who knows? Maybe Trigger would come to the church every now and then, entertain the kids, hang out. You know, maybe it's like a mascot of the church. I don't know. There we go. But I found that quite impressive, as you did, that. Like you said, can you imagine like the whole country, all these kids love Roy Rogers, but then he's just your Sunday school teacher. All right. So I found the, uh, the I think the equivalent of this. Okay. Dan Povenmire. Who's that? 
Phineas and Ferb creator. Is he a Southern Baptist? No, he's not. But I'm just saying, like, that's like the present day equivalent of... To Roy Rogers? Yeah, probably so. I, you give me somebody else that's like big with, with kids. I've never heard that name before. That's because you have old kids. You're an old lady. And you don't know these Phineas things. and Ferb have been around a long time. My Dan Pobenmeyer is like the guy, like the creator of Phineas and Ferb. My so, kids watched Phineas and Ferb, but I never heard them talk ask about Mary, Dan Pobenmeyer. Uh, ask Mary who Dan Pobenmeyer. She's going to know. So will Drew. Just ask him. Anyway, it's that's the equivalent. I don't think you're right. I think we should ask anybody out there listening weigh in and give him a better equivalent than I can't think Dan of anything else. Hovenmeyer? No. There's gotta be somebody else that's a better Whatever. equivalent. Anyway, um, super cool uh, information, new details about Roy Rogers and Dale Evans, but a very clever little girl asking the question that you did. Where's trigger in all this? Um, and talking about it in 1951, this week in SBC history. What about Steve from Blue's Clues or whatever? Is that That's right? better. Okay. That's better. Okay. Yes. I don't think he teaches something. Or the, school, or the crocodile hunter. Rest in peace. That would have yeah, been probably the better. Maybe. With kids. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Probably Steve from Blue's Clues. I probably Clues. need to think of some YouTuber, but I don't know. Anyway. Okay. All right, well, that, that's it. Roy Rogers, always welcome on the pod. Roy Rogers and Trigger and Dale Evans. So, very cool. All right, that brings us to our resources of the week. I'm going first because Amy's probably going to steal mine if I don't go first. And it is an article this week from Trevin Wax yep. on Baptist Press about uh, just seven things to look at in the SBC to consider, seven considerations about uh, this discussion that we talked about a little bit on the podcast already. All the uh, the changes to the Baptist faith, the message, the changes to the Constitution, what that means, what road that may lead us down. So a really good article, long first person. It's you know one of the longer first persons we've run, but a very good article and a thorough article as well from good friend of the pod, Trevin Wax, over at the North American Mission Board. So got that in there this week. That's my resource of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Well, I, I saw in the script that that was your resource, so I let you have it. You've not of, done that before. You've always instead taken Instead of it. competing. I know. So I can't, I got a new one. Um, this is now I want to give a caveat here. This is not going to be for necessarily all of our listeners because it's a, it's a limited theater showing. And I have no idea. It is, it is showing here where I am in Raleigh. And I think it's showing there in Nashville. I don't know where all else. So you have to look and see if it's near you. If not, you can still be waiting for this to be released. No. Okay. It is not. Uh, as you know, I, I love to follow uh, the resources of the Rabbit Room, and uh, which is based there in Nashville. Now I know where you're going. So, yeah. So Pete Peterson, yep. who is the brother of Andrew Peterson, he is a playwright, and he yep. has written a stage production of The Hiding Place, mm -hmm. the story Corey of Tim Corey Tim Boom. Mm -hmm. But they did a like special sort of stage to screen. So it's yeah, a, they, they did, did a, it at it, they did it at CPA. Here in town. Yeah. Like that's yeah. where it was over at Christ Press. So, so here's, it, it is a film. Now it's not like a feature film, like a movie. It's actually the stage show. Yeah, it's, it's a video. Like if you watch the Broadway play. Right. Right. But it's, um, but I mean, they, they did it for filming. It's great. It's, I've seen previews of it. The quality is great. And so it's like getting to go to the stage show. That's going to be released, but they have a limited release August 3rd and 5th in theaters across the country. 
And like I said, I don't know for everybody who's listening, if it's near you, you can go to the website and check your local listings. Your, yeah. And put in your, your location here in the Raleigh Durham area. There's like, I mean, there, there's several four or five different theaters that are running it. So we're going to go. Um, but I'm very excited about that and yeah. uh, wanted to, wanted to throw that out and say, check it out. See if you can, if it's not in your area, then it will still, you'll still get an opportunity to see yeah. it streaming. Mm-hmm. So. All right, so that's the hiding place from Pete Peterson. And speaking of the Petersons, you know what today was? What? Behold the Lamb of God tickets went on sale. Oh yeah. So for the Ryman. Get get ready. It's it's coming. So it's coming. That's that's like that's when you still like, oh, Christmas is almost here. Well, it's not really. It's right. Like Twenty it's weeks away. Time but, to start thinking about it. But yeah. So yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So the Behold the Lamb of God tickets are on on sale and you know, Pete Peterson's got a a quote movie in theaters somewhat. Yep. All right. All right. Okay. Well, hey, that's going to do it for the show this week. Again, big thanks to Ben Mandrell for coming on the show. Again, we mentioned it a little bit earlier in the show, but don't miss next week's show. We got Josh Benton from Send Relief that came on and uh, we got an interview about Send Relief Global Hunger Sunday that's coming up. A lot of things uh, about Southern Baptist Convention that are going on uh, over in the Sin Relief side. That's something that Amy and I have been to and been able to experience a couple times as well. So don't want to miss that next week. And Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week. 